Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Volrath Feed. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And together with my co-host and producer, Justin Pearson, we like to bring you all the areas of commercial food service. It's a big industry, and there are many interesting people that are really knocking it out of the park, as we say, every day. Uh, And now that we've teed that up, I guess uh, the ball is in our court, Justin, uh, this show, and this isn't guaranteed to be a slam dunk by any means. I I mean, uh, this thing is by no means a Hail Mary or anything, but uh, we have to get this show uh, across the goal line, and so um, if I have to take one for the team, (laughs) I guess I can. I know, okay, enough, okay. Right? I know, okay. I know. Okay, Rich, yeah, you, you really put me behind the eight ball here, you know. <laughs> well, it is a sports theme today, so <laughs> I uh, got on a bit of a roll there, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's just funny how many how many sports metaphors there are out there. And I think it, I used probably all, most of them there anyway, but no. Oh, yeah, it's a good start there. I mean, yeah, they just... <laughs> They work their way into our vocabulary. Yes. I mean, you really don't think about them much anymore. but <laughs> Right, right. Until you string them all along in one sentence. <laughs> that gets a little much, right? <laughs> oh, well, it was fun. If you uh, haven't been able to tell by now, we do have a sports theme going on here today, or I think pretty much a sports theme. Today we have with us Justin Domsch, who is the executive chef at the Denver Broncos Football Club. So it kind of got me in a sporting mood today, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do any more, I promise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, you say that now. <laughs> but I am looking forward to, to talking with him and, and hearing more about his world in the uh, in being a chef for a professional football team, and that's that's pretty cool. I, I mean, uh, we've had Kevin Blinn on the show before. He was the executive chef for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but um, I think this... Justin today has got a little bit different scenario, I think, because he actually is employed by the team, whereas mm-hmm. I think Kevin was uh, for a food company. So there'll be some similarities maybe, but I'm I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of great stuff. As we heard with Kevin, it was a great episode, and uh, maybe some differences with what Justin's been doing. Uh, we also had Seth Vanderlyn on the show a while back. He was our executive chef for the Brewers. So we've had a few executive chefs at the professional team level. And it's always interesting to, to hear. You know, football is still that stereotypical when you think of football players and their food. You know, if you're a chef for a football team, the thing I think most people probably start thinking about is like the big, massive plates of food. Mm-hmm. And we learned that isn't really the case, right, with um, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Kevin said that his linemen and his wide receivers are eating the same. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, it might be a little bit different for to keep your calorie intake up for to maintain size, but yeah, I, I was I thought that was really surprising that uh, he he creates the same for both, and they everyone is getting what they need to out of it, and that, I think that's just testament to working with a nutritionist, which, like we've said before, was never a thing back in the day. It was it was calories. It was how much could you eat? That was the thought, mm-hmm. right? Keep your weight up and eat protein. Maybe you knew a little bit about vegetables, but it was proteins. It was bulk. Yeah. Carb loading before. You you know. <laughs> right. So that'll be interesting to hear. I suppose we're, we're, we'll hear with him as well, the the way his kitchen's running. He's got a new kitchen a few years back. They put in a new kitchen and just an emphasis again on how important they view diet and managing these guys' health for optimal performance. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a game sometimes. Okay, I'll say more. It's a game of inches sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it all counts. And any little edge when you're getting to that talent level, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a second quicker or a half a step faster, all can make the difference. Definitely. So. And the nice thing uh, about Justin's menu is, especially in Denver over the past, we'll say, 15 years, the Denver food scene has really exploded and there's a lot of fantastic food and beverage that it's really coming out of there and some of the menu items that he has really reads like you're you're hitting one of the more upscale restaurants in town oh right and i i read something on him one of the articles was that uh, especially some of the veterans that have been around the league that come mm-hmm. into his operation and you can imagine that there's probably some that are better than others and if his is one of them that really put an emphasis on this i'm sure he's 
he's doing some stuff that's pretty pretty different than a lot of places are. Yeah. You know, as it was with, with Kevin, one of the, the greatest challenges was getting some of these players who haven't been exposed to a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different food items, and, you know, they're, they're coming from home or from college and living a very limited culinary lifestyle and, and then opening up their eyes to some different possibilities so that they can get some diversity in their diet while, while still maintaining the, the strict uh, guidelines and, and dietary necessities that require them to be able to perform. I think one of the things in that article Justin mentioned was that he said they have a one station solely dedicated to fruit. And every day he's, I think it was four types of berries and a bunch of melons every day. And he likes to bring in some of the exotic fruits, the things that you don't necessarily see or hear of all the time. He likes to do that for the guys to give them, give them some variety. Because if you got to think about their group again, it's the same guys every day. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you could run the same kind of menu several days in a row because you're thinking your clientele is going to be different. He has got a very captive group and it's a small group. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. I think I read somewhere 115 meals or something like that a day is what he feeds. So, and those are the same guys every day. So you got to really be aware of repeating things too often and variety. And I'm sure we'll hear about dietary trends and special diets that people may be on. So it'll be, I'm sure, another very interesting show into a world that we don't always get insight into when we think of food service. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to it. Well, all right, let's, uh, what do you say we get to it today and and get our guest on the show? And to remind everyone, today we have Justin Domsch, who is the executive chef for the Denver Broncos. And hopefully he will answer all of our questions that we've got about being an executive chef at a professional sports team. Justin, welcome to the Volrath feed. How you doing, guys? Hey, we're doing really good. How are you today? Great. Busy day. Fantastic. <laughs> See, you must realize that there's a lot of people listening to this show that think you've got a pretty cool job. I mean, as chefs go, working for a professional team has got to be is pretty cool stuff. How did you get to where you are today? How did, the, how did your culinary journey go? Well, I started out in catering, so I've done a lot of large events. And one of my ex-bosses that I worked for told the dietitian of the Broncos about me that I, you know, I worked for her for seven years and she uh, recommended me to Brian. And I was in LA at the time doing personal catering, just a lot of different events, uh, some celebrities, athletes and, and so forth. And uh, she called me up, said, Hey, Broncos are looking for a chef. Uh, would you be interested? And I was like, I'm not sure. I probably won't get that job. You know, it seems like a pretty high end job. It's like, sure. Just tell them. Yeah. Throw, throw my name in the hat. And then it turned out three months of, uh, interviews and interviews with some you know the big wigs in the company and just it, it panned out and you know couldn't be happier nice did you get to meet john elway was he with like the final uh go ahead on the interview circuit <laughs> he, he could have been on the panel i can't say but he could have been. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it was it was a, it was a panel interview so it's pretty intimidating so you know, yeah I try, not, I try not to think of it as uh you know i try not to think of the magnitude of the job when i was interviewing i was just trying yeah. to be in my own you know, old world, my own realm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice, kind of nice when you go into those situations and if you kind of tell yourself, well, I, I may or may not get it. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over if I don't. It allows you to be a little bit more relaxed and for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a kind of a high stress interview right there. <laughs> well, I think when I got down to the final three, that's when I kind of like, oh, wow, this is real. Ah. So, so, and I think too, as far as me helping, you know, it's like I was never really a big football fan. I never really followed football, so I don't, I don't think I was kind of intimidated with that. You know, I just uh, tried to let my creativity with my food and knowledge kind of like, you know, be the star. Instead of like, oh, that's Elway or that's Peyton Manning or, that, you know, I didn't – they're just human beings to me. I think that probably worked in your favor, yeah, because right. like your focus was on the food first. Right. And you're, you're just not like a crazy rabid Broncos fan who happens to cook and is like, I really want this job because I love the team. You know, you, you were there for the food. Hundred percent. That that's what I was. That's I think they saw that passion. Is I was so excited about what we could do with the food here, and you know, just going from a caterer that's bringing food in from a hot box to having a full full kitchen. Right, and and um, I think in two thousand fourteen, I read an article is when they converted the kitchen uh, into this into what you're what you're running now. So. When you got there, were you able to just set up that kitchen area as you wanted? I mean, was this a blank slate for you, or how did that process go? 
pretty much so as a blank slate. Like they had, they hired uh, somebody from uh, the culinary school to do the layout and buy most of the bulk equipment. But I got to buy all the small wares, which I picked. Uh, you know, the big V full breath. So <laughs> thank I you. Bought Appreciate all, it. I, 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 you know, so uh, and yeah, just designed the whole kitchen, the layout inside. So I had the guts to it. So, but over time, I've kind of progressively added things and sure. like each each chef would do like I, whenever i leave chef's going to change it to how he wants it so right and and then you got to pick your staff Correct. you got to hire your staff and now you have a staff of is it nine nine people nine people yep and within that though this is you know we were talking earlier on the show years ago the stereotype of football might have been just you know, big meat and potatoes, but you actually have a, a dietitian that you work with closely on, on your staff. How does that collaboration go? Do you guys sit down and just plan out the meals? Because you, you said it before, I think you've got a small group. You just can't serve the same things kind of over and over. You've got a captive group, so it's got to be variety and it's got to be nutritious. And, you, you know, you're working with elite athletes that you need to make sure are peak performance. So how does that work with you and your, your staff? Well, with Brian, the dietitian, he gives me a template of what he wants. So, you know, he wants a medium fat protein, you know, a low fat protein, you know, uh, a starch, a veg, a grain, a pasta option. So he kind of gives me his template, what he wants. You know, he doesn't obviously want food soaked in butter and heavy cheese. You know, it's, he wants stuff nutritious, but also wants it to, to taste good. So that's what I love about Brian is he gives me the creativity to, you know, do what I want to do but just make sure the food's healthy and tastes good. I was reading some of the things that, that you're making and, and it really read like it was a five-star menu. And it's some of the options there were just like, really, this is, this is what's being whipped well, up was, here. That, that was probably at first. I started off a little guns blazing. So you know. <laughs> <Okay>. it was, <laughs> it was, the article was a little, little older, but yeah. Yeah. It was definitely older. And I just kind of learned to adapt to the players and what they like. And they mm. like comfort food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm not going to ever serve quail again or crispy duck or, you know, <laughs> so we'll stay away from that stuff. But, but you, you got to you got to introduce new things to them, you know, because a lot of one thing we found is athletes. A lot of the times they come from uh, sheltered culinary experiences. So do you, do you uh, give them new options every now and then and encourage them to try? Yeah, for sure. They, and they do try it. And they're just young kids. That's the thing is, you know, yeah. they're so used to, you know, when I was young too, I ate that same stuff too, you know. <laughs> But Chicken strips and ranch. But they're yeah, but yeah, but they're athletes. So we're trying. That's Brian's job is to educate them on nutrition. Like, hey, you need to put this in your body, and it's my job is to make the food taste good. Mm. But yeah, we do, we've done a lot of things where we introduce stuff like uh, they love bison. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. They love elk. They love salmon. They love you know more fish options. So. Well, that raises an interesting question, um, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, Rich, but one of the big things that we like to see and that everyone likes to see is local sourcing. And how, how does your relationship with the surrounding community and, and um, sources there, do you look to the community first when you try to bring in some ingredients? 100%. So we get our bacon locally. Um, I mean, it's raised in Iowa, but it's local company. Our uh, bison comes from the... Colorado, Wyoming border, and elk is local as well from the western slope. So, I mean, it's not much seafood here, but yeah, <laughs> I've driven past that bison farm many times. <laughs> yeah, just outside of Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah, it's a great farm. So. Yeah, are you? Do you have a lot of flexibility in the things that you purchase? Are we sometimes you know you think about big athlete, uh, sports teams and the and the money there. Are you pretty much free to do what you want with the menu? Could you go out and buy? you know, uh, Wagyu beef if you wanted, or do you kind of try to keep it within certain bounds? Uh, well, I mean, I do have a budget, so, but it's, it's a generous budget for sure. So, cause you know, the Broncos organization, their biggest thing is they want to take care of the players first and foremost, mm-hmm. And even it trickles down to the coaches, uh, the support staff, even just, you know, at administration staff, they, they have all access to everything here and they want to take care of every single person. So the, the budget is generous. So I do a lot of things like that with the Wagyu or it's always prime meat. The chicken's ABF or organic. The vegetables are organic. I mean, pretty much everything is, you know, I'd probably say 95% clean. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's, and, that, that's and, nice to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, we have a beautiful kitchen too and scratch made. So, I mean, all the dressings are made from scratch and 
pickle everything. So it's, 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 it's fun. It's a fun job. So, so as much as we all want to talk about how cool it must be to be working for the Denver Broncos, and you're not even a football fan, really, or you weren't when you started there, it boils down once again to you're running just a very high, I want to say a high end because, you know, you get nice things, but you're running a food service operation. It's nuts and bolts, blocking and tackling, if we will. Again, my sports analogies here today, but it's just <laughs> you're running a good food service operation is really what it boils down to. Correct. Yeah. All right. So when you have suppliers that come in, uh, are they sometimes, I mean, is there a process there that um, do they get access right to kind of the areas that all the players get to? Or is there some way that you vet out your suppliers that they just, after time, don't get starstruck by at all? Uh, well, we keep them in the back. So we kind of have it in the front of the house, kitchen, where it's the action station, the training table. And then we have a doorway and the purveyors are not allowed to come in, but they, you know, we kind of treat them sometimes, show them. Obviously, this is all pre-COVID. Yeah. So yes. they get starstruck a little bit, but, you know, they, they know the rules. So, mm-hmm. and most of my uh, preferred vendors, that they, they come in, they see some of the players, they know them. So they say, hey, what's up? You know, so-and-so. Yeah. Just another day at work. <laughs> yeah. And my biggest thing, too, is even with purveyors, and I teach my interns that, even my staff now, it's like, I don't care who the person is that's trying to sell me something is I'm going to respond to that person no matter what. And I teach that to my interns because you never know where that person's going to be as far as a purveyor or equipment or whatever standpoint, because right. you blow that person off or you're like, yeah, I'm not going to use that. They could be working the next biggest thing, you know? Yeah. You know, what's the most important thing that you look for when you want to look for a, a purveyor? Is it the product that they rep? Is it the, the salesperson and the things they bring to you? What are some of the things you look at when someone comes through and you go, ah, that's my, that's my guy. For sure. New, new product, new ideas. Cause again, it goes back to, I have to keep these guys engaged and with new ideas and new things. If they come through this new product, I want to know about it because I want to show the guys and cause the guys get excited when it's something new. Well, do you have an example of something uh, recent that you introduced and the, it got a lot of positive feedback? Yeah. Well, you know, what, probably, I would probably say cold brew. I'd say that. Ah. Yeah. So we did. So I introduced, uh, I was at a food show and one of the purveyors, you know, I was talking to them. He's like, hey, that'd be pretty cool to do this. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll work with you. So I brought in cold brew coffee on tap for the guys, uh, nitro and then regular cold brew. And the guys just crushed it. They loved it. <laughs> it's like, that's one you got to be careful with because it's just like, you, you forget to like, oh. This is coffee I'm drinking. I, I better yeah. back down. At least that's me, you know. Like it goes down like water. They've done studies with the nitro cold brew in moderation that opens up your blood cells like before practice. So, ah. so the nitrogen nitrogen in there. So, how do you handle requests from your guys? Like if they they come to you and they want something that's a request, do you have to run that by the dietitian, or can you kind of go a little bit off on your own and do things like that special? Uh, so sometimes if, if, if the request is kind of way out there, I'll ask Brian, but most of the time, yeah, for sure. Again, like I said, these guys love theme stuff like, Hey, when are we going to do burger bar again? Or can we do Mexican day, taco day again? Yeah. Yeah, Or can we do Cajun night or, you know, we do, uh, sushi here. So I do sushi in the season once a week. I went to Japan, uh, to learn how to make sushi rice and came back and we started doing sushi and poke and getting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ultra ahi tuna flown in from Hawaii two days before. So, I mean, these guys, nice. we try to take care of them. Yeah, yeah it sounds that way. Sounds like you've got a great relationship with them as well. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I'm for, you know, most of the team I do, but I'm a lot, I'm a hands-on chef. A lot of people think that I'm in the office and doing menus, but I, I cook a lot. So, so I'm in the back a lot and we have a good team up front that takes care of the players and, you know, the action stations and stuff. Well, that's nice because a lot of executive chefs, they one of their biggest, uh, I wouldn't call it a regret, but one of the things that they miss the most is the time in the kitchen, the time actually cooking, uh, the reasons why they got into the business. How, how do you go about keeping yourself doing what you love to do and then still managing your other executive responsibilities? It's, it's a good balance, I think, with that, with our schedule. So, you know, how our, our, how our schedule set up, it just favors us. And I, I try to remind my staff that a lot of times. You know, when they start to get grumpy on uh, training camp or, you know, long days, like, hey, you got, we have it pretty easy. Not easy, but from a restaurant perspective, it's a pretty laid back job. You know that breakfast is certain for started from 
this time ends at this time. You have a gap to do, gap to do your niece and plus, and then lunches from this time to this time it ends. And then if there's dinner service, so it's not like it's just a flux of tickets coming in or coming in. It's just, it's pretty, you know, it's, I tell these guys, they're, they're very lucky and, I, and I'm fortunate as well. I love what I do and the schedule gives a lot of good balance for personal life and to do uh, the administration stuff like executive chef. Huh. So you mean you can actually have a family? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, and as far as the off season, you know, I think my sous chef has worked maybe two weeks so far since January. Hmm. And myself too. So it's like, we'll probably maybe work three weeks, three or four weeks until April. Yeah. That's the one area of our business that, um, if you, if you had to say there's a negative to it, it's the hours, right? It's the, it's the grind some days. And, and as Justin was trying to say, I think, you know, you being a uh, guy that likes to work on the line, you still have to get your other stuff done. You still have to take those other responsibilities. So your days, what is, what does a typical week look like for you hour wise? Well, like off season is different. Like during the season, I would say it's, you know, I get in about between five and six and assist with breakfast, get it out. And then, like I said, we have that gap where we'll do all of our prep and, you know, I'll help with the cooking and a lot of the guys will finish and fire because we do a lot of stuff a la minute. I don't like just the uh, stuff, you know, all the food in the hot box, cook it all at once. Like, no, just cook it as needed. So, yeah. um, you know, especially with technology now and ovens and stuff, it's easy to do. And then, uh, and then I'll help assist with lunch and then done lunch, I'll do my ordering and the guys will do a dinner and I usually eat around three, three thirty. So it's not a bad oh, day. Nice. Oh, yeah. During, during peak time, uh, how many plates are you doing? Oh, we're still about two, 200, 200 people during okay. the season. Training camp is about 300 people and we do, uh, probably about 1200 meals a day. So mm. training camp. So training camp is where we earn our, earn our stripes. <laughs> and it's all stations, right? You serve everything via a station. Yep. We have, uh, so obviously pre COVID and everything's just changed so much is we have like basically a, a fruit bar training station where they kind of come in their own fruits, the cereals, uh, yogurts, nuts, bars, uh, juices, you know, cold brew, uh, shakes. We juice here. We, uh, juice everything. Um, and then you have a breakfast station. You, you want a breakfast tacos, burrito, sandwich, omelet, whatever you want. And then we have the training table where I have all the food on the line, with the bacon, sausage, potatoes, oatmeal, grits, so forth. Whew. Does your dietitian yeah. ever have to put together personal plans for some of the guys? I mean, if I had <laughs> access to all that kind of food every day. Yeah, man. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So certain guys have to be, you know, gain or lose. So he yeah. helps them out. So, yeah. And he, oh, he's, good. he's pretty hands-on, too. And then we have, you know, a beverage station where you can come make a shake with pretty much every frozen fruit we can think of organic and mm. and like i said again like with this it's not just the players that have access to that it's the whole company mm. the menu then is the same obviously then for the executive staff of the broncos all the players trainers support all the way everybody same dining room yep they get whatever they want and the, the training table set up like i said it was usually two proteins and you have your veg starch pasta and if you don't like that, we have basically a deli uh, action station where if you want a bison burger or you just want two bison patties, you want a quesadilla, bison quesadilla, bison wrap, turkey sandwich. I mean, you can get whatever you want. So when you, when you built your kitchen, I read something where you were pretty unique in the, in the NFL, I guess, maybe. And uh, some of the guys that had traveled a bit throughout the league would come and comment about what you were doing. Do you still hear those types of, types of comments? Are there other teams without naming them, I suppose, that are still doing the hot box kind of stack them up type lunches? Or do you think everyone's kind of converting to this now? I think everybody is starting to convert that, but a lot of people still are doing third party or second party companies. So, I mean, it's good to good. We still get good feedback from players that come from other teams. So it's nice to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think I think the biggest thing they come into is, I mean, no disrespect to other teams, but they come in just the variety, the options they have. Mm. And some people say we spoil these guys too much, but it's like, hey, you know, we want to be the best, and that's what we try to do from in all aspects. You know, we want the food to be good and everything else. So you hear anything about the Packers? I got to know. I'm a Packer fan yeah. all my life. 
You know, I don't. I, I think Brian is good friends with them. So, but I'm, I don't hear much. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. I know Brian is friends with the Packers RD, but I think he's he's a RD uh, dietitian and a chef too as well. So. Okay. But yeah, but that's that's one thing too. Is a lot of people when I go to trade shows or meet people, purveyors and stuff, they always ask me. So that's the biggest thing. So which company are you with? Are you with, you know, so-and-so or, mm-hmm. you know, food service group? I'm like, oh, Denver Broncos, you know? Yeah. That was, that was one of the first things I, I noticed. And then I had to question, I was like, so is Justin actually with the Broncos or is he, you know, coming from an outside source? And like, no, no he's legit an employee of the Denver Broncos, which is, you know, it shows the commitment that the organization has to the food service side of it, which yeah. I think ultimately produces a better product for everybody. For sure. And that was a good thing about the, you know, I pretty much have all my staff from day one when we, when we opened. So, wow. You know, and a lot of, like I said, we have a lot of good interns that come here that want to come here. And it's recommended from other interns that were here before saying you have to come here and intern. So it's. That's a good network that we've been lucky with. Just to have a lot of young kids coming that want to learn. Yeah. That's got to make you feel good that they talk highly of, of the experience yeah. with you. Yeah. That's for cool. sure. It's good. Yeah. If the team travels, do you go along with the team? I, I don't imagine you you prepare food for them on the road, but do you, do you get to travel with them? And well, no, Br- Brian does because Brian does all the the dietitian. He does all like the uh, sideline snacks and drinks and so forth. But they have the hotel food and so forth. So that, that's that's another perk, you know, a day off. So yeah, yeah, okay, wow. that's that nice. But we're we're starting to do more stuff on the road where we're shipping stuff direct, like certain things. So, but even home games, we do a little, little, not much. So, and, and we're so separated from the stadium, where the stadium's you know twelve miles away. This everything's down south here, the training facility. Mm. Really, I didn't realize there was that type of a distance between the training facility and the stadium. So you. You just are overseeing this training facility area, and there's someone else that runs the food service in the stadium itself. Yes, and then okay. but the, but the players are here six days a week. So and then you know everything the company owns the stadium, but everything is down here, like the equipment. I mean everything is a hundred percent here, and then game day it gets all you know transported up there. But I was gonna say one thing that you know was you know a perk for these guys too, which is. You know, not being a big football guy, but it was pretty, you know, when we went to the Super Bowl, they flew the whole kitchen staff out to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, nice. And then when we won the Super Bowl, everybody got a Super Bowl ring in the kitchen. So it was pretty cool. Really? That's cool. So it just tells you, tells you, tells you things about the company. You know, it's it's a good company too. So, well, and it goes back to, you're taking care of these athletes. You're taking care of these guys and, and it's a game of inches or uh, half steps. And if you can help make sure that these guys are always on their peak, that that's, that's contributing to the success, the success of the team, right? hundred percent. So do you ever do any catering uh, from your facility here to uh, the executive offices in this complex that you're in now then? Yes, we do do some catering as well. So we have a little satellite kitchen um, in the indoor field over there too. We do a lot of events and, and I do some selective stuff because, you know, I, it's, again, I love my personal life. I've been cooking for probably 30 years. So, uh, so like, hey, you know, I want, I'm done cooking. I, I really don't want to do much cooking, you know, outside of here. You know, I want to <laughs> live and travel and stuff. So I don't do much extra stuff unless it's somebody important. So, mm-hmm. but I do. And I, and I do love catering events too. So that's, that's where I came from my background. Right. So, mm-hmm. so when we get the opportunity to people ask us to do events, like for sure, it'd be fun. Something different. Just to take another step back prior to that, what got you into food service? Did you start out teenager working in quick serve fast food or was a family in the business? How, how did you decide like, yeah, food is where I'm going to be at? I mean, just pretty much the same, uh, same story and dance. Everybody else says start off as a dishwasher. Mm. You know, 14 years old and just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Get those and just, opportunities and you just keep yeah, moving and, up. And I was lucky, too, to work for some really great people, you know, starting off. It wasn't, uh, you know, a chain. It was a local family place where I learned how to make certain things from scratch, you know. So you kind of learn early, you know. So 
not taking anything away from working from a fast food or a chain, but it's just, I, I learned a lot at a young age. So Sounds like you had somebody that took you under their wing a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm still, yeah. still, still great friends with my first boss, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. Is that place still around? Yep. It's just changed locations. He's still around, still doing his thing. So, oh, it, it was a little bagel pizza shop, but then he turned into a bistro. And then his brother, that were brothers, he moved to Chicago and he started the biggest like bagel company in Chicago now. So, wow, wow, very cool. Love me a good bagel. Bagels are. <laughs> we get we get bagels flown in from New York for these guys, par baked, bake them off. No, so you uh, mentioned earlier you don't like to make everything and and keep it hot, so you're you're making things to order more or less minute. That any equipment that you've um, purchased recently that you've just found really has been effective for you and and helped you to do that type of presentation versus you know cooking in the bulk, holding it until it's ready, kind of kind of meal service. Anything lately that equipment wise that you've been particularly excited about or found very helpful. Oh. Uh, we got a new oven, so a new oven has helped out a lot. So, combi. It's a combi oven. It's yeah. a German German manufacturer, so you know it's a it's a good oven. And then okay. the Volrath uh, vacuum vac thing has been a saver mm-hmm. for us. So, because we'll again we'll do a lot of uh, large batch cooking, whether it be make bolognese's or chilies, and uh, you know house chicken or just marinating things. We just make big batches. Crowd back it in the back mm-hmm. sealer and put it in the freezer and just have stuff ready to go. Were you familiar with that piece of equipment before you got one working here at the Broncos? Did you have one in prior experience? Yes, but not not with Volrath. But right. again, you know, not to be just uh, saying it because I'm you guys are here, but I've always been <laughs> a big believer in uh, Volrath equipment. And I, I know it's I know it's always a little more expensive, and that's what I always tell my interns. But it's it's durable, and I, I think that. Everything that uh, Volrath makes is just reliable and dependable. You know, it's just tough. So, and oh. we, you know, we beat we beat up a lot of equipment here, and it's you know stands up for sure. And that's why if Volrath comes out with something new, you know, I'm gonna be the first one to try it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, what were you saying? You went through seven seven gallons of chili today. Yep. <laughs> oh man, and, and this is the off season. <laughs> off season, just ninety people in the building. It's just you know, and it's crazy. It's, no, it's you know, the NFL. There is no off season, right? <laughs> I know. Uh, I did read. I think somewhere right before the spring. Excuse me. The uh, the preseason starts. You have a little bit of a break there. Is it around June or something before you guys kind of ramp up again for the season? Is that when I see a little bit of an off time you get? Yeah, we get. I, I do. So, but to give hours to my staff, they're still here. But so basically, like this, our, the my Sue couple other people, myself, and all the coaches and most admin, we get a break from mid-June to end of July. So that's a nice little perk, summer break. Right. And I use a lot and I use a lot of that time. I use a lot of my off time too as well to uh, travel abroad or just travel to different cities. And that's kind of how I get my inspiration a lot of times for the new for the new year. So mm-hmm. if I'm trying to do something like, you know, not to reinvent the wheel every year, but I want to try to do something new and exciting for these guys every time they come back and also it's you know it's i love to travel and check out other places but also i you know immerse myself in the culture of the food scene and what they're doing right. like, oh, how can i flip this to make this mm. into the football players liking it and make a dish that holds them in line now if you're, if you're going to be a good chef you want to have that natural curiosity about food so if you travel you go out you look at other operations you're always thinking about how can you bring something back into your operation that's just a that's just the way you are. It's built into you, right? Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody says that. You know, once you stop learning, you know, I think your passion dies. So, mm-hmm. you, know, you always got. I mean, I always want to learn. So, that's, true. that's why I tell some of my interns, like, hey, if you have a better way to show me how to do it, hey, I'll do it. I'm not that stubborn chef that's going to be. This is my way. You know, always somebody's got something that you can learn from, right? Absolutely. So, where's your favorite city to, to go to? Just off topic, but where, where, where do you like to go? What's your favorite place to go visit? Wow. In, in, in the States here? Anywhere. That's tough. I just, I just, my new, uh, favorites, uh, food city. I just went to recently. I drove, I drove from Denver to Florida. I, I grew up in Florida is Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hmm. Blew my mind. Really? Yeah. 
What, what was the what was the hook there? Uh, no, it's just everything was just local. It was, it was a, you could tell it was a, a tight community scene. There was no chains of any kind in the city. And, you know, people just had a respect for all the other spots. I'd go to, you know, when I try to travel places, I go to the coffee shop. Hey, where should I go grab breakfast? And then I go grab their breakfast at their spot. Like, hey, where should I go grab a beer later at the brewery? Or where should I? And then I go to the brewery, talk to those guys. Like, hey, where should I go eat tonight? So they tell them and you can just tell that they're excited about you know, yeah. the restaurants in the, in the city, you know, not that, you, not that, not if you get some of the big cities, but you go there just like, Oh, I'll go this place. And it has the most reviews. I'm like, yeah, I want to go to the local spots. Well, Chattanooga was not on my radar, but now I'm going to put it on the list. So thank it's, you. For it's, if, if you need some spots, reach out to me. I'll give oh, you oh, for sure. Oh. See, you asked me questions like Portland, Maine is one of my favorites. I love Portland, Maine. I mean, it's like, it's Portland. unexpected. Yeah. Portland, Maine is one of my favorites. Asheville, North Carolina is one of my favorites. At, yeah, I mean, mm. their their beer scene is just top notch. Yeah. And then Port- Portugal is one of my favorite countries for food. Ah, yeah. Okay, there we go. A couple of good tips for us there. And, and Portugal is kind of, it's not under the radar, but it's it's getting blown up. But it's, it's so affordable and the people are awesome. The food is amazing. But I could go on, on on countries and cities, so I'll stop there. For sure. <laughs> well, as long as we're talking about favorites, what what has been one of the maybe most unusual or bizarre requests that you've gotten from a player? Hmm. I mean, one of one of the things that probably boggled me a little bit at first, but it's kind of custom, is they love like a sausage egg and cheese sandwich with grape jelly. Ah. That is exactly what Kevin Blinn said, like from the Steelers. So I don't know if that is bizarre to you guys, but it kind of threw me for a loop. You know, was, what's really bizarre, bizarre is that the other chef from the Steelers told us the same thing. See, it must be it's, young yeah. athletes. Here it is. And, yeah, and he wow. said he tried it, and he's like, "Oh, he's it's like, all right." And yeah, exactly, um, I, I, I did the same exact thing. Like we just made so many of them, they're just like, "I gotta try this." And you try it, like, oh, I gotta it's, try it. Yeah, so it's like, all right, would I order it or have it? No, but is it not bad? Okay, it's not bad. <laughs> well, I when we heard that, I wrote it down, and I gotta say, I didn't didn't try it. I thought, I, like you, maybe I thought, eh, it's probably okay. But I now am motivated after hearing you say it. <laughs> I, I'm doing it. I, this Guys. this is gonna be one. I'm telling you, this will be a follow up <laughs> to the show. We'll do okay. it. Nice. <laughs> it's cool too. A lot of these young guys too, is they care. Going back to your question, they care about if we're sourcing food locally or, mm. you know, what was what they, you know, you telling them, you know, it's natural or this is clean or. And sometimes one of the players will come back and look. Let me let me see the eggs you're you know cooking with. Let me see. They 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 care. They're, they're curious. Mm. So I think the younger generation is getting more educated on you know they care about yeah. where the food comes oh, comes definitely. from. Definitely. Do, yeah. do you think that they're they're asking because they want it for nutritional information for themselves or for sustainability reasons? Where their what, what do you think their interest is and where the food sourced? I mean, I would lean towards maybe for themselves nutritionally because what they're putting in their body because their body is okay. their investment. So I mean, I think, mm-hmm. but it's then you tell them me, I get excited about that when they're curious. So I tell them the backbone of where this fish came from or how it was raised or this, you know, beef is raised or this chicken's raised. So they get excited from that too. So it's almost, you know, showing them the sustainability side to it. So educating them on that. When you've done, when you've traveled and, and come back to your organization, what are some of the things that you've brought back or what is the, what's your favorite thing that you've introduced into the organization from your travels that is just a hit? That's a yearly thing you're putting on your menu. Well, sushi, I think hundred percent ah. sushi. Yeah, mm. doing doing the sushi bar and and poke the poke station and mm. and the guys just like I can take whatever I want, whatever I get. <laughs> but yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, some some players or coaches will come back and they'll see the beautiful tuna loin and we'll cut them nice little thin pieces. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, and you you went to Japan. Did you go with the sole intent of like, well, not the sole intent, but did you go with the idea of like I'm going to learn to make sushi rice, or was that just yes. something that happened while you were there? Well, it's two sides of that. I, I wanted to go to Japan during the off season because I've been to Japan before, but I really just wanted to you know explore more. 
And then we were sourcing sushi from an outside purveyor. It was just coming in. It was just like, you know, I told uh, Brian, it's like, hey, we can make it here. So I've made sushi before for catering events. And, but I think I, you know, I want to touch up my skills and I want to go to Japan and learn how to do that. And he's like, let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it next year. So I went out there and did that. And that was fun. But also, you know, I was there exploring other, other places too. So. Yeah. That's so critical for sushi is to get the rice right. It takes two years in Japan almost before they can start teaching how to make the rice. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So have you had any kids that you've, uh, the athletes that come in, I call them kids because I, I think you mentioned it earlier too. They are young. We forget yeah, that they're sometimes. Young kid, they're young kids. That's all, yeah. Yeah. That um, you've been able to expose to these new things. Like, I don't want to be... You know, picking on any area of the country, but some areas of the country, just food-wise, they're pretty conservative. So you get some kids that are just picky, and and maybe they don't have the opportunities or exposure of bigger areas. So do you get some people that come into the organization and are like, what is that? Like, you know, the classic thing with sushi, some people call it bait, right? Do you, do you have any, like, stories like that where you've really turned somebody on to something new that they'd never experienced before and, and witnessed them really now enjoying something different? I think, I think with going back to that, with, like, not saying certain areas calling out the Midwest with meat potatoes, but you know, <laughs> you know, it, the thing with that is, you know, f- fish, I think seafood is a hard sell. And then that's been a cool transformation to see, like going back to this, where this fish came from and how fresh it is. It's not a frozen fish or it's not walleye or, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and then, and, and then getting the, beer battered. Like, yeah, yeah. beer battered. Yeah. <laughs> And, and get them to try that and like, wow, that's really good, you know, yeah. and, and then they, they like seafood now. And that's, that's cool. And same thing, again, with, they don't know, a lot of people don't know what bison is and, you know, it's much, much leaner. And, you know, if guys are trying to watch the calories, it's, you know, half the calories of beef. So, so that's been, that's been the cool thing is seafood and, you know, bison and probably the two biggest things I can think of. How do you deal with your, um, I, I suppose you just, vegetarians and the flexitarian diets that a lot of people are into now. You just have those menu items out there to make sure that you've got some choice available for them, right? Yep. And then we have choices for everybody. You can get, you know, we have all the, you know, vegetable uh, proteins available for them, Mm -hmm. but you know, it kind of comes in waves, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I think that's kind of Brian's specialty where he educates the guys and the guys want to be that he'll, you know, put them on something and tell me what to do. And certain guys wanted to have that uh, seafood only. We cater to those guys. Okay. You've mentioned that a couple of times, your in, interns that you work with, um, have you had any that uh, you mentioned go to other teams and watch them blossom? you have any good stories there about some successes that they've had? Uh, I mean, Tyler, Tyler Hines for the Rockies was an awesome intern. He's an amazing chef and he's doing great things. Uh, Zach, yeah, the Orlando Magic, he's doing great things. Uh, JJ, he's just won a World Series with uh, the Red Sox. Mm. He's one of my interns. He's great, too. So, And then Steven, he's a, a chef of the Grizzlies now. He was amazing. So, Wow. I mean, it really yeah. makes sense why, why the Culinary Institute is uh, – or why people come and send their interns to you because you're, you're cranking out the hits. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's – and I think they're getting – is they love, they have the same passion of wanting the best food for these athletes. And also, too, I think, too, they see the balance in life, too, where it's, you're not working until 11 or 12 o'clock at night. You know, you have a you have a life, you know, there's off-seasons yeah. and so forth. Well, I imagine that's probably a big component of who you bring into your kitchen is making sure, yeah, you got to have the skill set, but you got to have the personality to match. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We, we see you know, we don't, we don't pick every intern that comes through here for sure. So we filter them and, you know, obviously not this year we didn't have an intern, but so, you know, we walk them through and just kind of see their, fill their personality out and give them a little, you know, a couple jabs here and there and see how they respond. So, you know, <laughs> but you know, like it's, we, we have a great team is I couldn't be happier with the, the team we have. So it's, it's fun to come to work. Nobody's, you know, everybody gets along and we all work well and, they understand my philosophy and system, so it's, it's great. So That's great. As, uh, as we wrap up here, Justin, I frequently like to ask chefs, what has been one of your favorite things that you 
have ever made. It doesn't have to be the your, the absolute favorite, but one of your favorite things that you've ever made, and it just made an impression. You're like, yes, I nailed that. Wow. For as far as here, cooking here for the players. No, wherever it could have you could have been six years old. And you made the perfect peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> wow, that's. I, mean, I hate to say. I mean, that's, that's a tough one. Because you know, like I said, cook- doesn't have to be the favorite. I know it's just difficult, but like you know, if you could lump it into the top five, some top something five. something that made your top five. Wow. Well, I think didn't you make this uh, a, a salmon dish or something that, for the team that was uh, something you developed. I was in one of the articles. I think I read. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Not in the top five. Not the top five. It's a good okay. one. That's a good one. Um, I'm. Th- I'm thinking. I mean, I, not to say that I. Hey, I have so many great things that I've cooked, but I, I just. You know, it's such a big spectrum of things. It's hard to bring in a couple and just say these were the ones that. Right. Well, it yeah. almost feels like you're doing a disservice to all the other things that all the other great things you made. And you're like, oh, and you think about it after the fact. You're like, I totally forgot about this thing. I know. Thing. Well, I, th- I think one thing too is I, I love that I introduced here that it's, it's a hit. It's simple, but it's just, uh, man, it's not going to probably sound basic, but as we do bison meatloaf for these guys and they just go nuts over it and we won't do your traditional meatloaf. I just had this idea of doing a little individual like cupcake meatloaf. Ah, so instead I, of making so instead of making the whole loaf, it's almost like you say a big meatball in a sense, but it's just like a, a cupcake mm-hmm. uh, well, meatloaf. I dig that because it seems like you'd get a better crust ratio per Absolutely. slice. Yep, the crust around the outside of it is That's perfect. Key. And it's moist in the middle. And then, yeah. you know, and then just doing little things too, I get excited about is I love not wasting food, mm. you know, to a certain extent of with safety is is repurposing food or hiding, sneaking in nutrition with these guys in food, like <laughs> mushroom, mushrooms in the chili, mushrooms in the meatloaf, mushrooms in the bolognese. And they, they, they don't know, but it's there. It's kind of like being a parent and, you know, with a, <laughs> a, a picky eater. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, Justin, uh, before we let you go, and it's something we like to do with all of our guests, that, and I know that at some point in your career, Someone has said something to you, you've uh, read something, but something that's inspired you or continues to inspire you. Do you have a quote or something like that you could share with our listeners today? Uh, one, one of the quotes that I love is by Napoleon, uh, imagination rules the world. Imagination rules the world, right? Yeah. In food, we certainly, we certainly apply that, right? It's if you come up with new ideas, a new thought, be creative. How a new tech, new technique? How can I make yes. this better? And just, it's, right. this, I mean, just imagine things. I mean, I love that. Oh, perfect! Very good. Great. All right. Well, hey, Justin, again, thank you uh, so much for taking the time with us today. Uh, super interesting. A lot of fun. I know you said you don't like to pat yourself on the back, but boy, I tell you, sit back once in a while and just think about some of the the cool things that uh, your interns you've been able to do with them and the success that they've had. Certainly sounds to me like you deserve a, a, a pat on the back for that. So, uh, you know, take, taking people under your wing is cool, right? It gives you a good sense of, of uh, you know, passing things along. Someone did it to you. You're just kind of paying back, right? Yeah, appreciate that. So very cool. Thanks again for everything today. Uh, thank you so much. Best of luck to you with everything in the future. We appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Okay, Justin. Well, uh, that was really cool. Uh, so many similarities in, um, we, we, we kind of, uh, talked a little bit about our previous interview with someone, uh, and another sports team It was Kevin Blinn, right. With the Steelers and mm-hmm. a lot of the same things. These guys are just really interested in taking good care of their teams, their clients, uh, giving them fresh food. They understand the dietary needs that these guys need to have. These people need to have. And, um, I was really amazed at how similar a lot, uh, how similar their um, their answers were to a lot of the things we asked them. Yeah, very much so. It's it's almost like there's uh, becoming some requirements for for these top tier uh, chef positions. You know, mm-hmm. once one thing that struck me is that they're both very selfless in how they present themselves and how they present their food, and it it isn't about them. It's it's about the, their customers or the people that they serve. They, they really kind of remove their ego out of it, and they, this is what's going to 
best perform for our athletes and for our organization. And they really kind of shied away from talking about themselves and, and you know, accolades, and which is just a testament to the quality of a chef. It's all about taking care of the, the people that you're serving. And that is very apparent in how they carry themselves and how they run their organizations. Right. And like I said to him, I, I think we, we, we had, at least I had, some expectations going into this and into the interview we did with the podcast, rather, we did with um, Kevin about being more about football and that kind of an angle. But it really just boiled down to, once again, they're running food service operations. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're doing it with uh, professional sports teams, I don't think either one really let that impress them very much. They just want to be there to take care of their guests. And I bet they probably even think of them that way. They're their guests. They're the people they Mm -hmm. want to make happy. And that's all about, you said it, hospitality. That's in bullets right there. And and it was also very, very crazy to hear that, you know, we're two for two for NFL (laughs) executive chefs calling out the breakfast sandwich with grape jelly. So, (sighs) you know, we're obviously going to have to try this ourselves and and maybe we'll do something on air with this. But I I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some uh, different restaurants or QSRs adopting a a LTO on this. Wow. Once the word gets out, maybe we're onto something big here. We are, you're right, we are going to try this. We we have uh, some people we work with who like to cook, so we will get together as much as we can right now and try to figure out what this grape jelly breakfast sandwich is all about, because... It is crazy that two for two now we've heard it. That was, that was yeah, that was unexpected to say the least, but. Oh, yeah. yeah I got high hopes for it. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's uh, put a morning aside and we'll, we'll make them for sure. All right. So, Justin, let's wrap this one up. Uh, any closing thoughts from you today? Yeah, of course. I would like to remind everyone to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another moment, another conversation with a chef or food service industry professional. We would also greatly appreciate it if you would give us a suggestion for a future show topic. We would love to hear what you have to say. Very good. And also, we can reach, you can reach out to us at volrathfoodservice.com with any thoughts or ideas on what you'd like to hear on the show. All right. So lastly, then, uh, my quote, my inspirational quote, again, from my father, who always said, no matter what you do, just pretend a customer is watching you do it and guaranteed to do it the right way. That's it for today, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great week ahead. Until next time, take care.